With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler Communications. Play Fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app and try it out at flex.fan. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Hey guys, it's Wednesday night on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's time to look ahead for the first half preview for week 13, the second, second to last regular season game for your fantasy football season. So I know many of you are already in playoff mode, and that's the whole point of these shows. This show, tomorrow night show, the Clairvoyant Thursday at 10 p.m. Chris will be with me on there. Uh, but that's the whole point of this. We got to get better. We got to get ready. We got to make the correct decisions. We got to go to bellyfantasysports.com. We got to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which you're watching us live on right now. You got to be downloading us on your favorite podcast app and always be listening in. 
By the way, my I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'm also joined here with Danielle Dubois, and I'm also joined here with Brian Scott because we're just giving you the best people for your info. If you can't t- tell, I am fired up coming off the holiday weekend. I got my rest in, something I don't normally get to do. I actually had a couple of days where I didn't have to do projections until 3 o'clock in the morning. It felt kind of nice. I'm back at the grind now, but I'm still feeling refreshed in the weekend. But first and foremost, Danielle, how was your, your weekend? How was your Thanksgiving? How are you? Oh, it was great. I was excited to be home for a very short time, but a good time. And yeah, I'm really, I'm hyped up for tonight, man. I am really excited for what we're going to talk about tonight. I hope so, because it's been a couple weeks since we've seen you. So I'm glad to have you back on the show. Brian, you went with me for like a full hour last week because we had had to cram all the injuries the week into one episode. How are you doing today? Yeah, that that was uh, that was good. That was good. It was very inf- informational. I hope a lot of people took a lot out of that. Um, I'm doing better. My voice is slowly recovering here. Um, You're telling so Brian a little better. <laughs> Each time I'm on, I get a little bit better. So uh, hopefully by next week it'll be completely back to normal. But I'm um, doing well. Holiday was great. Uh, looking forward to next holiday. I was going to say because you you had a lot of family come to you, right? We had a house full of people, dude. It was like packed. <laughs> it's always. It's a bittersweet thing where you can be. I was actually talking about Danielle, but this before the show. It's a bittersweet thing when you can host because it is a lot of fun to have people come to you and, and put on a good show. At the same time, you are utterly exhausted when it's all said and done, too. So it's a very bittersweet moment. However, let's get into it, guys, because we have a ton to talk about. There's you, we got what two teams on by. So we're coming off a week where there's no buys. Then we have two two teams on by. Next week's a nightmare with what teams are on by and how many. I don't know why the NFL does this to us, but apparently not on the fantasy football schedule. So there are a lot of things as far as rankings and injuries and everything else. So let's just, you know, let's get into Injury it. inquiries. Oh. 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 We got the Thursday night game. That's the Bills and the Patriots. And right off the bat, we got Damian Harris looking like he's going to be out with a thigh. Correct. Not sure if it's a contusion or if it's like a pull muscle, but uh, they've already ruled him out uh, for Thursday night. So Damian Harris will not be playing. Yeah, and I, I was, I, it was confusing to me that they didn't actually list if it was contusion or a pull yeah. muscle because, I mean, what's your two prognoses depending upon which one it could be? Oh, well, so, I mean, we talked about this with Leonard Fournette, and we'll talk about this, uh, I think, tomorrow. But, uh, you know, he's got a little hip pointer, which, in a sense, is a thigh contusion or a hip contusion, if you want to call it that. So, I mean, it could be anywhere from, like, just a few days to potentially weeks. I mean, a muscle strain is a lot different than a contusion. So, uh, much, much different timetable to recover and difficult injury to bounce back from when compared to just a simple contusion. Yeah, we'll have to see how that breaks down. The second time Damian Harris has been hurt so far this season. What about Najee Harris with an abdomen injury? Yeah, you know, again, this is one of those weird ones. That, I mean, I'm guessing it's like an oblique or something. Not quite sure. Didn't practice this week so far. And uh, after getting injured, I think he missed the remainder of the game this past weekend. Um, so I'm not really sure what the extent of it. I've been having a hard time finding exact details about the injury. Um, definitely be something to kind of keep an eye on, seeing if he's able to get into practice and advance to a full practice before the weekend. Perhaps they're just taking it slow, giving them some time to rest. Um, could be a true game time decision. Yeah, it's feel, like we got to wait to see if he actually does anything in practice. It sounds like from what the team is saying, no major injury. But this week, I don't know, this week feels very much up in the air. I would be kind of surprised, to be honest with you, if Harris is actually able to go this week. But his teammate, Jalen Warren, got cleared and practiced in full today coming off that hamstring issue. Correct. And we, we should see him out there. He was cleared by physicians, said he felt good, practiced today, no setbacks. Uh, we should see him return. 
Danielle, we'll have something to talk about there uh, later on in the show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, so he has a fractured thumb and an abdomen injury, and and apparently he's going to be good to go because he's getting new good news. So he's like, I'm going to go out there, even though the season's lost. But you know, whatever. What do you think? He, what do you think he's going to be able to do? Um, not much because he hasn't really done much <laughs> as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned this year, and he's been playing with this thumb injury apparently since week five. And if anything, it's probably gotten worse, not better. Um, it's essentially a ligament injury. It's similar to some of the injuries that other quarterbacks like Stafford have had over the years and ended up having surgery for. So uh, I'm not optimistic, unfortunately, about this. I think it's going to linger for the entire season until he can get it addressed. And I think if if the Packers are you know essentially out of it statistically or mathematically, um, we could see uh, the last of Aaron Rodgers and uh, possibly Jordan Love getting in there because there's no way these things are going to get healthy, especially that thumb fracture, if he continues to play through it. Yeah, I, I think at this point it's down to Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think if he went to the team and said, like, you know what, I'm just going to sit out till next year, I think they would oblige that. I think it's him. He's the one who keeps pushing to play through all the injuries, and I think that's why they're just not doing it. Funny thing is uh, they were actually saying that he's actually open to to letting Jordan Love get some more time. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see if that truly happens or not. But I'm uh, he might but say that. true. He would be pushing to play this week yeah. off on double injuries. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how true that is. Yeah. Uh, he wants a spotlight on him at all times if Correct. possible. Correct. Justin Fields, we know he's dealing with the AC joint sprain. Of course, he practiced limited today, but he practiced limited all week last week and didn't really matter. Yeah. Do you think he's closer this week? I, I do. I mean, like I said, th- these injuries uh, – typically can be played through um, as a quarterback in the NFL in 2022. You're never been more protected back there um, from the elements of the game. So um, with some additional padding and um, being smart and sliding instead of trying to run through tackles, I think he can do it. Um, I think they're going to give him as much time as they can to, to rest. But uh, um, I, I definitely think um, they're going to try to ramp up his activity could be a game time decision, but I'm optimistic that if he's not in there this week, I think we'll definitely see him back the week after. Yeah, because they do have the bye week coming up in uh, week 14, so we'll have to see exactly how that all plays out. I will say a feather in the cap to him playing Trevor Simeon dealing with his injury. He was out of practice today, barely made it through the game on Sunday. So if it's you know Justin Fields on a bum shoulder or Nathan Peterman, eh, they might just go Justin Fields on a bum shoulder and just not even bother. So I wouldn't be surprised. That and and be it's non-throwing shoulder, so that, that's huge right. too. Right, and also it does tend to help. Uh, what's not going to help, though, Darno Mooney, he's already out for the year. T- a tough, tough loss there. He's been playing well. Uh, had a pretty nasty-looking injury. I saw the replays of it got rolled up on. Um, some type of ligament injury. It's likely either a deltoid ligament or a syndesmosis. Um, he's going to be out for the remainder of the year. He's having surgery to to stabilize that ankle again. Uh, as far as I know, there were no fractures, but significant ligament injury, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunate for him. The good news, I guess, is that he's, he's supposed to be healthy by next season. Yeah, he should make a full recovery from this, um, depending on what ligament was injured. Uh, either way, the outcomes are usually pretty good for these. Okay, so the next guy, we got a little bit of good news here. Travis Etienne kind of hurt his foot slash ankle. They didn't really seem to know, but heavily wrapped up. Sounds like he's going to be good to go heading into Sunday. The reporting was positive early, and then he did get a limited session in practice today on a Wednesday. So that's early to get a running back going again. I think he might be okay, but what do you think? Yeah, so I'm kind of kind of mixed here on this. Um, it, it was the same foot that he had surgery on from last year, where he had a Liz Frank injury. They're they're calling it another sprain, um, but they're saying it's not too significant. He was not seen wearing a boot or on crutches or anything, which is a good sign. Um, but they did say that they're going to be a little cautious with him and not let him get it back out there until he's 100. percent 
So you might have to wait another week or so. Um, I'm not so sure we're going to see him just yet. We'll see what he does in practice. If he can ramp up to a full practice with no restrictions and no setbacks, then he possibly could be out there. Um, but given the the history here and the fact that he's coming off this surgery and has been doing well all season, they might tend to be a little more cautious with him and maybe give him another week. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. What about Jamison Williams finally activated? Sounds like he might get his first action this week. What do you think he's going to look like physically? So, so, so they were saying week 13 was kind of the goal, but you know, with limited practice sessions last week because of the holiday, um, he didn't really have a chance to get out there and do too much, but apparently practiced in full today and uh, apparently wowed everybody with his speed, um, which is, which is a great sign. And he's already 11 months out. So he's kind of in the, a good window here of time. Um, if not this week, then definitely next week, I believe. He's a he's a fast dude. I can't wait. I don't know what he's going to do for you fantasy wise, you know, rest of the season. But he's an explosive player, and again was number one receiver on my board before he got hurt in the national championship game. So yep. I I can't wait to see this guy just get out there on the field. We actually just gave away a Jamison Williams jersey uh, last month, actually for our DFS contest. So that was that was a fun giveaway there. Uh, what about Michael Carter? It's a low ankle sprain. So what do we think his availability will be this week? Yeah, so they're they're saying he's day to day. Their thought is that he is going to be available to play this week. Um, I get, again, this is one of those things you kind of have to see what he does uh, as far as the workload in practice heading into the weekend. Um, as long as he doesn't have any setbacks with soreness or stiffness or swelling in the ankle, um, he probably can play with it wrapped up. He might be a little bit limited with his agility, but uh, if they need him out there, I think he he will be ready. And uh, I got two more or oh, three more. Uh, Jerry Judy ankle still not practicing. Any any updates there? No, unfortunately not. Um, not looking good. Uh, he hasn't been able to get back on the practice field since the injury, unfortunately. He's been out a few weeks now already. Um, so until he actually gets out there and starts doing anything, it's not looking too optimistic. We got two more players that are possibly coming off the IR. Uh, Mike Boone, he practiced today, so he might be getting activated soon. And J.K. Dobbins also had his 21-day window activated this week as well. Yeah, so Mike Boone is coming off uh, an ankle injury as well. Um, he was designated to return. Um, he's only about a month out from his injuries. So a little early, I think you might probably see him closer to that, the end of that 21 day window. Um, and as far as JK Dobbs is concerned, um, if you remember, we talked a lot about him at the beginning of the year and even in preseason, I wasn't too, um, keen on what I was seeing from him. And it looked like he was favoring that knee. Lo and behold, he ended up uh, after four games, having a knee arthroscopic knee surgery uh, to basically clean it out and, and kind of probably do a little diagnostic test in there as well to make sure there was no other lingering structural damage from his ACL surgery last year. So um, I, I was uh, kind of surprised that they kind of let him go as long as he did before shutting him down. Um, I, I'm, until I see him out there again doing things full um, over the course of the next three weeks here, I'm a little hesitant to, to predict when he's going to come back because, you know, he already had a major setback earlier this year. He went on IR. He had surgery. Um, this is one of those things where, again, if he's not quite right, um, I would not be surprised if they shut him down for the season. So you got to keep a very close eye over these next couple of weeks here about what he's able to do in practice, how intense he goes, how hard, how whether he's full or limited, and you know, if he does get back into a game, then he'll likely try to finish out the rest of the season. But I don't think we're going to see the J.K. Dobbins uh, of last year before the knee injury, unfortunately. 
Well, that, that kind of stings. And that's also a sour note to have to end the segment on, but that is where we yeah. leave off until tomorrow night. Brian, though, in the meantime, where can we follow you at? What do you got coming up this week? Uh, so, you know, as always, I'm on Twitter uh, at host Brian Scott. Uh, InjureList.com is my website. You can find the articles and episodes on there. Uh, Twitter and um, I'm sorry, uh, Instagram and Facebook, the Injured List podcast. Should be putting out our article inside the medical tent again tomorrow or Friday. Uh, this week as we head into the weekend so you can get some updated information there and then uh, be back here tomorrow to discuss the uh, second half games. Can't wait to have you till then. Brian, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. We'll see you tomorrow night. All right, guys. Sounds good. That's Brian Scott of the Injured List Podcast. Make sure you download it wherever available to you, which is, I mean, it's I think it's actually available on every, down, on every podcast app, so go ahead and do that for me. Uh, Danielle, we got our first question of the day before we go ahead and get started. Lucas, I get Andrews, and he gets Olave. Is that a good trade? What do you think, Danielle? Ooh, I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50 on this one. I really do love Andrews as a tight end, but we've discussed it multiple times this year and the tight ends this year are pretty sparse and if it's not Kelsey I really don't know if it's necessarily worth trading especially because Olave has been really good this year and he's been basically one of the only good parts about the Saints offense so that is definitely something to look at especially if depending on the rest of your wide receivers if you have great wide receivers then okay then that is perfectly fine but if Olave is one of your core wide receivers I probably want to give them up at this point yeah I mean clearly this this means a need here but I will say it's a little bit interesting when you consider Andrews and the Ravens offense in general just has not really been itself over the past month of the season. Now, I tend to believe as Andrews gets a little bit more healthier and, you know, that gets all ramped up that he'll get back to being Mark Andrews sooner rather than later and might be just in time for the fantasy playoff run. I'm just going to throw I'm actually going to throw the tight end ranking graphic I have up here real quick just for people to take a look at it. I got Andrews number two overall, by the way. But let's get past tight end six. From tight end seven to tight end 12, it's guys like Joan Everett, Foster Moreau, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Conklin, David Njoku, who's trying to come back from injury, Cole Komet. It's a bunch of guys that you're praying to God to score a touchdown. Mark Andrews the one guy who can actually give you wide receiver production. It's really hard for me to trade a guy like Mark Andrews when, yes, Chris Olive is a very good player, but I can usually find a wide receiver here or there in a spot start. I can't find a tight end streaming option you can actually trust at all. So it's hard for me to make that deal, and i probably stick there with Mark Andrews myself. Uh, thank you. The questions coming in all night long. We'll get to them as they approach us, but let's dive into our first segment of our first half of our fantasy football preview for week 13. The first four matchups, of course, we got the Thursday night game, the Patriots against the Bills. We got the Steelers against the Falcons, the Packers against the Chicago Bears, and the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Detroit Lions, which from a fantasy perspective might be pretty interesting. So let's go ahead and get into our obvious starters for these matchups. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. I don't know if it gets more obvious than uh, Josh Allen being the QB one overall, but uh, in case you're a little bit worried because the Patriots defense has been so good, here's here's a little uh, tidbit for you. The Patriots are the worst defense against mobile quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's how Josh Allen's been making his living since his elbow got injured. Anyway, yeah, I think, jo- I think Josh Allen will be uh, A-OK. 
yeah, I'm I'm not really worried about it. I don't need to go into too much detail because Allen is a great quarterback and the Patriots are, you know, the Patriots right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we'll have more to say about that. Don't you worry. Uh, getting to some of our obvious stars at the wide receiver position. Cause I actually don't have any running backs are obvious in these, these four matchups. So Stefan Diggs comes in a wide receiver three St. Brown taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. He comes in at wide receiver six. He's interesting to me from the standpoint of he seems to play better, produce more when there's more guys healthy around him. He doesn't need to be the center of attention. That seems to be the problem. Once you get a Josh Reynolds and a DJ Chark out there on the field, just having competent wide receivers around him is enough, I guess, to make defenses have to not triple cover him. And then all of a sudden he's able to go off like Donkey Kong and look more like what we saw earlier in the season. So St. Brown looking great. If Jamison Williams comes back and all of a sudden they could take the top off of defenses too. Uh, I mean, is St. Brown a new Cooper cup? I don't know if he's necessarily the next Cooper cup, but he is a really, really great wide receiver. And I know he did kind of go through that weird phase for a few weeks where he wasn't necessarily the best quarterback or not quarterback wide receiver, um, because of injury and whatnot, but he seemed to be looking like his old self this past week. This should be a really good matchup for him. Definitely start him. All right, let's skip ahead to our lock em in. Lock em in. It's a lock. If Justin Fields plays, I am locking him in as a QB7. Did you see the game Jalen Hurts put on against the Packers on Sunday night football? It was like they were confused. That Hurts was not a mobile quarterback or something. I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure he had 100 yards rushing in the first quarter in that game. Now, yes, Justin Fields dealing with the shoulder injury. Is he going to be as aggressive in his running? Probably not. Will he slide, maybe go out of bounds a little bit earlier than normally would? Yes. Are they, are they going to give him as many quarterback sneaks at the one-yard line? Eh, probably not again. But here's what I do know. If he's out there on the field, he is what he is. He has to use his legs to make this offense move. That's not suddenly going to disappear. So we have the safe floor there. We have a Packers defense that's reeling right now. And I love, love Matt LaFleur coming out. I'm like, oh, Joe Barry's not going to get fired. I'm like, well, <laughs> against Chicago, if Chicago puts up 21 points against you this week, he needs to get fired after this week, okay? Because it's been putrid, and he spent too many first-round picks, too much salary cap, on that defense for them to be this bad and out physical all the time. And that's exactly what Chicago will try to do with Fields in there. So he actually comes in for me at QB7 if he's playing. Am I being too aggressive on him given his condition? I do not think so at all. It is a little bit worrisome that he's injured, but from what we've seen with Justin Fields so far is that he is a great quarterback. He can run, throw the ball downfield. He can practically do anything at this point. He's starting to look like an actual competent quarterback, which for a while he didn't look like at all. And he's bringing the Bears some actual offense, which is really nice to see for them. I actually got him a few weeks ago in a lot of my leagues. And uh, let me just say, I have gone up multiple places after that choice. So I'm definitely starting him in those leagues. And I have like Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady in one of those leagues. So if that just says where I am on Justin Fields, I don't know what does. Yep. No, 100% with you. Uh, I also have Kirk Cousins in the league with Justin Fields, and I'm praying Justin Fields plays so I don't have to play Kirk Cousins this particular week. 
Here, oh, here's a guy for you. So Ramondre Stevenson comes in. I'm locking him in as a top 10 running back this week. Yes, the match against Buffalo is tough on paper, 100%. But without Damian Harris there, the added volume, plus we know what his safe floor is in the passing game, pretty decent chance he scores a touchdown, even if he's not efficient on the ground this week. I don't know how he's not an RB1. Yeah, I think this this matchup is a little bit tougher than some of the other matchups that the Patriots have faced, but he did put up 20 points against the Vikings last week, and I'd like to think that the Vikings are a pretty dang good team. Their defense is here and there, but, you know, he was able to put up those numbers against them, which definitely says something about the possibilities that he can have, and even if Buffalo is a little bit tougher of a matchup for him, I still see him getting at least 15 points. I think he's a great running back to start. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And there have been moments, I think it's going to depend upon how healthy is the Patriots offensive line going to be. Because there have been moments where teams have run right at Buffalo, a la Aaron Jones, and there's somebody else I'm blinking on too, had over 100-yard touchdown performances against this Buffalo Bills team as long as they're the ones getting the bulk of the work, which Ronald Stevenson definitely will be. So there's reason to have high expectations this week, definitely locking him at least in as an RB10. But here's the other kicker. So let's go to the Steelers. And I said we'd have something to talk about here. So I have Najee Harris. In case he plays, he's coming in at RB14 for me this week. Last couple of weeks, before he got injured, he was getting he was back to getting 20 carries a game. He's got he's back to getting touchdowns. He's back to getting volume. Now it's also coincided over the past two weeks is that well, Jalen Warren picked up the hamstring injury. Well, now he's gonna be back this week, and I'm tending to think maybe Harris is not gonna play. So whether it's Harris, whether it's Warren, either way, I'm locking a Steelers running back in as a top 20 play against the Atlanta Falcons for me this week. What do you think? Yeah, against the Falcons, I'm thinking that's a pretty dang good matchup for our running back. And I think that the, the Steelers have really moved their offense around the past few weeks. And beforehand, they just couldn't really score at all. But we've actually seen them kind of get into like 20, 30 point games. And a lot of that has been based off of run game. Yeah, we don't know if Harris is going to be healthy or not. But I think even if Warren fills in the spot for Harris, I think he should be putting up around those numbers that Harris has been putting up as well. Well, and let's focus in on that real quick. Because if Harris is out the way, we did see, you know, Warren obviously wasn't playing the Monday night game. But we saw Benny Snell come in and actually have a decent performance, although we know what Benny Snell is at this point, I would think. We saw Anthony McFarlane come in and have a decent performance, although we think I know I think we know what he is at this point as well. 
Is there any concern on your part that if Jalen Warren, even though he might be the starter and practicing in full, it seems like from a health standpoint, he'll be good to go. If Harris is not out there, will this be a committee? Do you think Warren actually gets the lead role? I think he will probably get split time depending on how well Snell starts off. I think Snell and him, I think that would be a great duo to see in action against the Falcons. But going forward, I mean, they would never replace like Najee with either one of them, I don't think. But you never know what potential is there. Yeah, if Harris is out this week, I don't think this is a committee between Warren and Benny Snell because up until Warren got hurt, Warren was the one-for-one handcuff. Anytime Air Harris was not on the field, he was doing it. He's the only one who can do the both the short yardage, early down work, and also catch the ball. And we saw instances throughout this season where Harris got a little bit banged up in the second half. And what happened? Jalen Warren completely took over, even though Benny Snell would be activated. So I think this is going to be a Jalen Warren with Snell just backing him up if that winds up being the case this week. So just something to food for thought. And that's why we got we got somebody saying can't go. Uh, million. If Harris can't go, Benny Snell will be an RB1. I, I think it'll be a cold day in hell for Benny Snell's ever an RB1, even against the Atlanta Falcons. And that's kind of my point. That's why with Jalen Warren there, I don't think he really has the upside for that. I don't think he'll actually overtake him either. Uh, so something to keep in mind if Warren's out there on your waiver wires, which he was for me quite a bit, and actually, actually had a few leagues where he cleared waiver wires. I made sure I go and pick him up. So might be a nice play this week, and he will be inside my top 20 if he's the starter. Let's move on. We got Aaron Jones at my RB13, locking him in against Chicago. If Rodgers is banged up or if it is Jordan Love, have to think they'll lean on the run a little bit more. Aaron Jones has been leading the way there. Let's move on the other side of the ball, though, to David Montgomery. So what did we see last week? We saw Darrington Evans kind of take over that Khalil Herbert role to some degree. Nine carries at David Montgomery's 14 and just kind of took some of that volume away. But that's not stopping me from putting David Montgomery in as my RB12 this league and locking him in as a low-end RB1. Why? I go back to the Justin Fields take. If he's not doing those quarterback sneaks at the goal line, that's David Montgomery time. But, Danielle, what do you think? Do you think he's too high? No, I don't think so at all. I think that's that's his wheelhouse. We've seen it multiple times, that short little run-in for a touchdown. That's really where he thrives. He had 14 points against the Jets he's projected around 14 points this week which I feel like is a pretty safe score to go with it's definitely a good lock them in place all right let's move into we got Travis Etienne now again we have another assumption here does he play and if he plays he's been phenomenal he's been great I don't buy into this idea that journeyman Jamichael Hasty is suddenly going to take a significant amount of touches away to prevent Travis Etienne from being able to be a top 10 running back. So I'm firing up as an RB9 and locking him in as long as he's out there and on the field. Do you have any concerns about what his rotation might be with him being a little bit banged up here? I personally don't think so. I feel like he's kind of a clear answer for their offense at that moment for their running back position. We've seen what talent he's had. He's had a really great season overall when he wasn't injured. So if he plays, definitely think he could get around like 16 points or so, which is great for the running back role. If not, it will be a little bit rough for them, them to rebound a little bit. Uh, go, I wanted to go back to Mill and Jane. They also commented back in. Uh, claiming Harrison Snell had the same ground and pound style, which is why what they've been trying to do. 
I don't disagree. That's also all they had available to them in the Monday night game. There's a big difference here. Jalen Warren's much more talented, much more electric player. And that's going to be the big difference, at least for me. We'll see what happens. Uh, we do have another question coming in. Edward, yo, guys, choose one to start this week. Full point PPR, Kamara, Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, or DeAndre Swift. Technically, I have Kamara ranked slightly, slightly ahead of Rashad White, but that's in anticipation of Leonard Fournette being back this week and being some sort of committee. I don't love Alvin Kamara. It's been it's been really, really hard. But if you have Alvin Kamara, I don't see how you're not playing him at least as a top 20 running back. Rashad White, I have right now an RB22. But it would be between those two guys for me. What do you think, Danielle? Yeah, I would say Kamara for sure. I Yeah, it's been a kind of a disappointing season. But if you have him you're most likely going to start him at this point. It's too late for trading because everybody knows what he's worth and you can't drop him. So definitely start him and have him. Yeah. And one guy you have to start getting back to our lock of men's uh, Jamal Williams, you know, the lead running back in touchdowns right now, somehow he comes to my RB 16. I just, that's just where I put him now. I put him like between 15 to 16, no matter who he's playing, because I know, He's going to get a touchdown. It's just it's just money in the bank, just how it works. DeAndre Swift did get a little bit more work than he has in previous weeks, and we'll talk about more about that in the next segment. But for Jamal Williams, it's clear his role is there to stay no matter what's going on with DeAndre Swift. Leads the way in snaps, and will always get the goal line yardage inside the five in particular, and he's been converting all season long. Yeah, it's been really great to see him kind of thrive this season. And obviously, it's a really upsetting that Swift has had this really kind of off season with injuries and everything. But it has been really great for Williams to kind of jump into a whole new role here. He's been getting way more snaps than he did beforehand. And he just looks really great this season, which is weird because I don't think I would have ever kind of projected him to have this good of a season and have him actually be like a huge fantasy contender. But I definitely think he has a lot of upside this week. He's projected to get around 12 to 13 points. So. I'm locking in Christian Kirk as my wide receiver 11 this week. I know Zay Jones had the big game, but now you're playing against a team that's not going to be able to lock in the way Baltimore did to Christian Kirk when they're playing Detroit here. And Kirk's been great. He's been phenomenal. I think they get back to going to him in this matchup. I got him locked in as wide receiver 11, a low end wide receiver one. And then Pat Fryermuth comes into my tight end five because, well, tight ends are hard to come by as it is. And while it's Disappointing performance against the Colts last week. He's been a top six tight end all year long, even with only having scored one touchdown so far this season. What are your thoughts on those two players? Yeah, I really like Firemouth this season. Um, yeah, due to circumstances, definitely a top five tight end this season. But he's also just looked pretty good this season, throughout the season, even though the Steelers offense hasn't necessarily been on fire by any means, um, he's always been kind of a constant throughout that. So I definitely think that's a great lock him in spot for him. All right, let's get into our lookout for. Look out for. I know it's the Chicago Bears and Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. I understand. With so many injuries, I just, I got him as my QB 14. Still as a high end QB two, still in the conversation. But I do have 13 other guys who, frankly, I just, I'd rather play and not pl- take a shot on Aaron Rodgers getting another injury or having an aggravation of one of his two injuries in this Sunday game. 
eh, maybe that's just me. But that's where I'm going with with that one. I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence with you, though, because he had maybe his NFL signature game last week against the Baltimore Ravens, which was huge for him because he's somebody that we've been teetering back and forth where we had to give him a complete pass in a rookie year because of the circumstances around that. And this year's been a little bit uneven at times. We keep looking for that. Where's that signature game to be like, oh, the light bulb went off. It looked like it might have happened this past week against Baltimore. He's been the QB9 on the season. I know he doesn't feel like it, but he has been a QB9 for fantasy football to this point this year. I got actually got him as QB9 heading into this week going up against the Detroit Lions. What do you think? Yeah, he had a really great game last week. And I know so many people that were coming up to me being like, yeah, so Trevor Lawrence is my new quarterback. And I was like, okay, like, that's great. Like, and many of them did not have great quarterbacks. So I'm very excited for them. And hopefully it really works out for them. And especially against Detroit this week, it should on paper be a really great matchup for him to thrive again. I don't think anybody really expected him to have a breakout game against the Ravens by any means. I feel like that's no. not a team that you were going to have a breakout game against. But if he's going to keep it up, then this is the perfect time to show what he can do against the Lions because we all know that they do not have a great defense by any means. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, agreed. And if the light bulb did truly go off, this is the perfect storm. Because you have the Lions who can move the ball offensively and have no defenses, and the same can go for Jacksonville. So when you get two teams like this, there's a decent chance we got a shootout on our hands in this game. So I'm willing to take advantage of that, roll the dice, and play Trevor Lawrence inside my starting lineup and feel pretty good about it, at least good enough to make him a top-10 guy. Uh, we got another question coming in from Edward. What about this trade? Kamara plus Jalen Waddle for Travis Etienne plus Amon Ra St. Brown. This would have been easier for me about a week ago. I would have been on the Travis Etienne, Amon Ross side in a heartbeat because I'm a little bit concerned now about the about the Etienne injury and what Doug Peterson might decide to do. Because remember, before this point, Doug Peterson's history has been wanting to rotate guys. And they just picked up Darrell Henderson. They showed trust in Jermichael Hasty to some degree. Travis Etienne not necessarily built as a guy, in my opinion. I kept saying it all year when he was going off, and I said the only thing that scares me is he's not really built like a guy to take on that kind of a workload. It does worry me a little bit, so this makes this a little harder for me. I think I'm still on the Etienne Amon Ross St. Brown side because that's how bad the Saints offense has been, how much I do not trust them when it comes to Alvin Kamara. But Danielle, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Purely because of the duo of Etienne and Amon Ra, I'm on that side. I really do love Waddle and Waddle and Amon Ra. I kind of went back and forth on which one I'd rather have on my team, but it was really the Kamara aspect of it. Like you kind of touched on the Saints, just offense just isn't there. Kamara is really just really suffering down there in their offense. And I really wish he can get out and go to a different team because we know what potential he has, but I would definitely take that trade with Etienne and Amon Ra if you can. The only caveat that I'll, I'll offer, just, just to try to make sure we're being as fair as possible when it comes to Alva Kamara, 
is that his next game's coming up after Tampa Bay. He's got the Atlanta Falcons. He's got the Cleveland Browns. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, which I do expect them to have Jordan Davis back by then. So they might be back up to their elite running back ways. But those first two, you know, two weeks in the playoffs, because remember the Saints had to buy week 14. He's got great matchups. So if he's able to turn anything around, it would be in those two games. Just just to kind of throw that out there. But I'd still rather go the Etienne Amon Ross St. Brown route. Okay. Now where were we? Oh, yes, that's right. The running backs are look out for running backs. So I talked about Josh Allen being awesome, right? You know what the Patriots defense has been? The number one rushing defense over the past month. I'm not playing Devin Singletary unless I absolutely have to. He comes into my RB29 for me this week. That's purely just based on the idea that he has a chance to fall into the end zone because the offense might run the off, you know, be able to put up points and always put him in that position. But we've seen Devin Singletary be worked out time and time again. So I'm going to kind of move away from him if I possibly can. And I'm going to talk. I also want to lump in this next player because I kind of view him the same way. Cordell Patterson. Somebody I was huge on coming into the season, but because Arthur Smith is a very frustrating human being, I have Cordell Patterson at RB32 because apparently him getting 15 touches is actually hard for him to do. Now, this past week was interesting. Kyle Pitts was out, and even though it was only four targets, it's still the most targets Patterson has seen all season long. If you can give him that, I actually like him a little bit more. He has been the one guy getting the goal line work most of the time, but you're really dependent upon that touchdown to really take you an upper echelon, and I can't make him anything more than a mid-level RB3. So where are you at on those two players? I would probably favor Patterson over Singletary for this week. Patterson, I think, could do really well this week if they play him in the way that they should. And in the fact that Pitts is out now for the rest of the season officially. I feel like that should elevate his usage a lot more. Should is the key word because I don't really know what they're going to do. It's kind of give and take, and it is the Pittsburgh defense, so that does worry me a little bit. Singletary, on the other hand, has a Patriots defense, which, while it is great, we all know that it could collapse at kind of any moment, but I would say to start Patterson over Singletary this week. Okay, we'll have to see what happens. I'm not I'm not going to fight you. I'm only three spots, and I don't really like either one of them, so I'm not going to fight you too hard on that. But but it, it's been very frustrating because I have Cordo Patterson in a lot of leagues personally and want to see him do better. Oh, and the should part that you hit on is key because I was going to wait till later, but I'm just going to say it now. Drake London and is going to be in our B-Kosh sub in our don't play him because oh, last week, yeah, you know, I put him in my top 36. Without Kyle Pitts, it's got to be Drake London, right? He's been the only other guy making plays. Oh, no, hold on. Here comes... Alamid Zacchaeus out of nowhere because Arthur Smith hates all of us. So this is the part of should and what's actually going on. Apparently, everybody in the Atlanta Falcons is allowed to get a turn except for the actual good players. And that is the issue of why you can't really trust anything coming out of them. All right, that's way too much talk about the Falcons, though. Uh, A.J. Dillon, he does come into my RB34. A little bit intriguing. Had one of his better games of the year last week. It's also the first time he scored since week one. First time he's been efficient. It's the first time he's been over four yards of carry since week one. It is Chicago. This is emergency only for me, though. And I do have him ranked as an RB34. Do you have any confidence in A.J. Dillon whatsoever? I can't say I have confidence in him. But if you have him, you probably have to start him because there's probably nobody better unless 
I mean, depending it, it's, he's definitely an RB three. So like, if you don't have anybody else for your flex option, then throw him in, see what can happen. I wouldn't recommend starting him other than that, but it was really interesting for me. Like we talked about a little bit how he did have 17 points against Philly, because I feel like that's also just not something you would expect because Philly was the best team in the NFL for a while. Um, so that was kind of surprising and it was great for him, but hopefully he can do something this week. I don't have confidence, but I am very hopeful for what he could do. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we got the armchair athletics coming in with a couple of comments. And uh, the one question they had is, does Algier dig into his touches? I mean, yeah, he's been splitting down the middle with Algier. It's been kind of part of the problem, frankly, uh, when it comes to regards to Cordell Patterson. My other lookout for running back is DeAndre Swift. So Swift has come in an RB 27 for me this week, which is the highest I've had him ranked in quite some time. Now, up until this week, it's funny. He was getting single-digit touches, but always finding a way to score. Last week, he came close to scoring, should have scored. But he finally got double-digit touches and only played six less snaps than Jamal Williams. So the question on everyone, everyone's mind, Danielle, and I do expect you to know the answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but do you think this is something that's here to stay? Are we going to see this be a pattern moving forward? Swift's getting back up to maybe what he was heading into the season as far as his overall workload is concerned, in which case things might be looking up. Or was that just an aberration of a game that was more high scoring, more closely contended than we expected? And Swift goes right back down to his single digit touches, which has been driving all of us crazy. This is such a hard question to answer because personally, I would probably be moving Swift up in the amount of snaps he gets and bringing him back into that RB1 spot. I obviously do not know what they're going to do. I personally have been liking Williams a lot better lately. And I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit earlier on as well. So personally, I'd rather start Williams way more than Swift, but I really don't know what they're going to do this week. It will be interesting to see how his usage kind of goes up or stays the same this week. It will be really interesting to see. Yeah, it's an impossible question to really answer because we have too small of a data size. But here's what I'll say. It was a Thursday game, so they got a week and a half before they play their next matchup. If they finally felt comfortable to give him that workload back again and there was no reported setbacks as far as injuries concerned, I tend to think we might be back to him getting his double-digit ways. Now, I'm not total reflection of that because I was in total reflection of that. I'd have inside my top 24. There's a little leeway that has to be had there. And so the fact that he's going to split and likely lose five yard in work to Jamal Williams. But things are looking up. That's the point for Swift. So you might actually have some hope there on the horizon. Hey, let's go into our lookout for wide receivers. Jacoby Myers comes in wide receiver 32. I'm not going to talk about him because he's, you know, state floor Jacoby Myers. We get it. You need eight to 12 points in a half point PPR league. There you go. That, that, that's your quintessential guy. Gabe Davis moving down further and further my on my board. Coming at wide receiver 33 for me this week. And even then, I'm just kind of like, look, I know he can score touchdowns. I know he can hit the big play. And if you need a home run threat, he's a guy you can turn to. But frankly, he hasn't been doing it enough. He hasn't been doing it consistently enough. And he's a guy who can really leave you hanging. So, my advice is he has to come in as that wide receiver three territory for me, but it really depends on your opponent this week. Do you need to hit a home run or can you keep this thing close? If you can keep this thing close, I'm pivoting off of Gabe Davis. 
Yeah, Gabe Davis, he had like one or two really great games earlier on. Everybody was like, all right, it's time to get him while he's out there because nobody really thought he would do anything this season. So he wasn't on anybody's team, and then he was on almost everybody's team, and he's been very disappointing for a lot of people. Um, he's definitely a boomer bust kind of guy. He either has that big game, like you're saying, or just gets only a few points and has a very underwhelming day. And a lot of people who started him as a wide receiver are very upset. So yeah, like you said, it depends on what you need. It depends on who you're playing and it depends on what other wide receivers you have, because I'm assuming you probably dropped somebody who's a pretty average wide receiver for him in the first place. Yeah. It's just weird because on one hand to this, this point this season, this includes the bye weeks. This includes the game that he missed getting injured. He's actually the wide receiver 24 in the year. So he's actually been a low end wide receiver too. It doesn't feel that way. No. I'll, give you, I'll give you a bigger one. He's only one spot ahead of DJ Moore. Who's in the wide receiver 25, which really doesn't feel that way. So it just, it just gives you this whole like weird mind warp context on what these guys are and what you can expect on a week to week basis. And that the, when they have these pop games, they really pop off. It's just a matter of actually in your lineup. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. But at this point, so many teams are in playoff mode now. I don't know if you can afford to have a guy who has as low of a floor as he has. And that's kind of more the point that I'm trying to make. The one guy, though, who I, I do trust, who does have a very good floor-to-ceiling ratio right now, is George Pickens. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons, he comes in my wide receiver 21. I wish he would just make the simple play. Because we all, we all see the highlight reel. But if you just make the simple play... He'd have three more touchdowns on the season right now and stop having these dumb drops to fall right into his chest. Just make the simple play. Just make the simple play. But great matchup. He's the only wide receiver <laughs> that the Steelers have that I trust at all to find the end zone. And he's been getting better every single week. Now, I don't like Kenny Pickett. And, Daniel, maybe you could chime in on this for me, too. There's a lot of talk after Monday Night Game that, like, oh, you know what? Kenny Pickett looks like he's arrived. I'm like, What? Because he went 20 for 28. It was 175 yards. It was captain check down all over the place. He's arrived because he played a clean game. That's our expectation. I heard one person call him the next Joe Burrow based on the Monday night game. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? So I don't know. I, maybe Am I not seeing something here? Is it me? No, I, I'm agreeing with you. I've never been the person to jump to conclusions after one game because I know how the NFL works and I know how players work and I know that one game you can look amazing and the next game you can throw three interceptions and barely do anything. And we've seen both from Pickett throughout this season. 
So I really have no hope that this is what he's going to be like going forward. I can hope that that's what he looks like for George Pickens' sake because he is a great wide receiver. He has a lot of potential. We knew going into the season that he could could be an offensive rookie of the year. He's not going to be, obviously. But that's what it was looking like going into the season. So we know he has the potential. He has the potential to have those great plays. But like you said, he just needs to take it very simple to start off with go simply down the field instead of dropping passes that are right to your hands, as I saw a few of during the Monday night game. And that could easily elevate his fantasy football points and the amount of points he, and stats he has in the game. Yep, 100%. And he's still he's turning in the right direction. Like I said, in my top 24, making him a wide receiver too. Another guy in my top 24 who we're looking out for is Christian Watson. Comes in right at 24, actually. Now, he did make the big play with Jordan Love, which had to make you feel, okay, if, if Aaron Rodgers misses this game, we'll be okay because he was able to have some connection there with Jordan Love. And he likely practiced quite a bit with Jordan Love, by the way, in the offseason because Christian Watson was not with the starters because he was trying to get back from his hamstring injury. So there might already be a little bit of rapport there. i still rather have Rodgers playing, and it sounds like he's going to go. It's a great match against Chicago. This is the first time I'm, I'm actually ranking ahead of time Watson over Alan Lazard. And while I still think Lazard could easily snap back to being the lead targeted wide receiver and easily snap back to being the guy in the red zone, because that's what his best ability is, Christian Watson's on too much of a hot streak. He's got six touchdowns in three games. I don't know how you don't play him as a wide receiver two against Chicago. Yeah, if you have him, you're going to play him. It's not going to be a, I think I'll bench him this week. And uh, Rogers versus Love. It will be really interesting to see how that works. But I personally believe, and my personal opinion is most of the time not right, but like I feel like this one could be very right, that Love will make a great connection with Watson and that will be his go-to guy. We've seen glimpses of it, but based off of the statistics that Watson has been having recently and based off of Love just being kind of thrown in towards the end of the season, not necessarily being the most prepared for this role. He needs somebody who's been reliable to kind of save him. And I feel like that could easily be his guy. Yeah, I tend to agree. Lazard, I still think, I got him at wide receiver 29. Still a fine wide receiver three play. But obviously you're dealing with a bit of a floor issue if Christian Watson continues to have these big games and Lazard gets left out. Uh, Let's flip to the other side, though. So we know no Darnell Mooney. He's gone. They did make this trade for Chase Claypool, even though for some reason they haven't really gotten him as involved in the offense when it comes to the snaps as I would have thought they would have to this point. He's not inside my top 36. He comes at wide receiver 38, though, just outside and kind of in that emergency wide receiver four flex conversation in my books. I have to think with Darnell Mooney out, he'll at least play that role, right? I would hope so, because I think he he can he can fill in that role. Um I don't really know, though, how they will handle this going forward. I don't have a lot of trust in their offense putting Claypool in a very great, competent role. He had seven points against the Jets, and so that doesn't give me a lot of hope going forward, but maybe this could be a really good week for him. I don't think so, though. Yeah, I think it's hard to trust him. I think that it's more likely that the number one pass catcher will be Cole Komet who's on our lookout for, for for tight ends. And he actually comes in my tight end 12 this week. Now, look, don't lock me into that. I, I don't feel I don't feel great about any of the tight ends that I have ranked out, out once we get past tight end seven, frankly, because that's just where we're at when it comes to the tight end position, unfortunately. 
But Cole Komet had been a guy who was making waves. If Justin Fields is back all there on the field, and I'm leaning more towards him having a chance of doing so, I think it's more likely that he'll just be the number one pass catcher, especially when it comes to the red zone. So if they do do anything from the air, I think it's more likely to be Cole Komet than a Chase Claypool. But, you know, Claypool just one hit, and that's why we kind of have to talk about him a little bit. The receiver I skipped over real quick, Zay Jones. He does come out wide receiver 35. But as we talked about Christian Kirk earlier in the show, it should go back to Christian Kirk. When they play teams that don't have a top-notch corner to take Kirk away, then he's he's the man. He's going to make more touchdowns. He's going to make more big plays. Zay Jones, I like him a lot in full-point PPR because he just gets peppered. But usually speaking, he doesn't really do much with the ball after the catch. And touchdowns have been incredibly hit or miss for him so far this season. So rewinding back to Cole Komet, and I'll throw Evan Ingram in there too because he comes in my tight end 13. Where are you on those two? Which one would you have higher? I would probably put Komet higher than Ingram. Um, I feel like, yeah, like other than the top six like you have, it's pretty kind of interchangeable depending on the week. Um, but I personally think Komet is just a little bit more reliable and a little bit more consistent than Ingram. So that's my personal intake. Then uh, that's, yeah, no, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, we don't have any more for that. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into our be cautious of for these next four matchups. Be cautious of. Kenny Pickett, you're not starting him. <laughs> Right, for fantasy, not unless it's a two-quarterback league. Jared Goff, I do think, is going to be on some people's radars. He's inside my top 18 at the quarterback position, which makes him a streaming conversation. But Jared Goff just has not been the same guy. And even though the Detroit Lions offense has got a little bit back on track, it's a lot just depending on the running game, short throws while Mon Ross St. Brown they're not playing with the same tempo they did earlier in the season. So while this game has potential, no doubt about it, to be a shootout game because you have two decent offenses with two really, really bad de- with bad defenses, you got Detroit. I believe Detroit's on the road. Jared Goff, oh, no, this is at home, so never mind. I take that back. But I'm just not trusting a Jared Goff right now. Over the past six weeks, the guy's been a QB 20. When the first six weeks of the season, he was a QB Six. Yeah, I don't necessarily trust him. Like you said, it should be an easy matchup, but that doesn't mean anything. We've seen easy matchups turn absolutely incredibly hard for some teams and absolutely beat downs of other teams. So I don't necessarily have full confidence that golf will be like a great quarterback to go to. And also, like we talked about a little bit earlier, but Trevor Lawrence is not on a lot of people's teams, at least in many leagues that I'm in, he's not on people's teams or he's on the benches. So I would easily try to trade for him or pick him up instead of even thinking about getting golf this week. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. There's a lot of teams not on by this week. There's a lot more options than normally would be. Uh, I'm also not starting Deontay Johnson. It's funny. So I break on fantasy pros and uh, (laughs) this week I have Deontay Johnson. I believe it's 16 spots lower than the ECR. Whenever you have a significantly lower thing, for those of you who don't rank on there, they ask you a question. Are you sure about this? Because you're so much significantly lower on higher. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm 100% sure. Any, and right now, by the way, ECR has him ranked at wide receiver 32. Anybody who thinks he's a top 36 wide receiver three, you're missing the point here. 
he can get all the targets in the world he wants. It doesn't amount to anything with Kenny Pickett throwing him the ball so far this season. There's no way he's cracking my lineup, and I don't really think there's much of a point to roster him, uh, frankly. Yeah, he's not even on my radar. Uh, I've had kind of bad blood with him because he didn't seem to learn how to catch a ball until pretty much this season. And even this season, it hasn't been great. And they've been dealing with Kenny Pickett this entire season. So not on my radar at any means. And then last but not least, also not interested in playing Dawson Knox at all. I've been I've been on this since the season started. I, I, I said going to the pre-draft process, He's not going to get the same touchdown rate. He doesn't get the same touchdown rate on this team. He's not getting the volume because Stephon Diggs takes all the volume. And I thought Gabe Davis had a bigger time, but even though it hasn't come to fruition, it hasn't turned into Dawson Knox getting more targets. Stay away from him. There's other tight ends to go to. Stay away from him. He hasn't scored enough. Yeah, I wouldn't be picking him up. I had him actually at the beginning of my season because I was desperate for a tight end because I was not in the best drafting pick and I chose him as if I didn't watch the show and produce the show the entire summer so I should have known better but he is currently um, out there for anybody in my leagues wanting to take him because he did not last long <laughs> all right here's what we want to do we take a quick break we come back on the other side we got four more matchups to talk about our obvious lookout for, lock them in, and be cautious of players. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-to-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in. It's another lookout Wednesday here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. Make sure you're dialing us on your favorite podcast app. And when you do, give us a five-star review because it really, really helps us out. 
As always, I'm your host, Dan Meter, joined here with my co-star on Wednesday nights, Ms. Danielle Dubois. And we're always pleased to have you on the show. We got four more mashups to talk about. It's the Jets and the Vikings. We There's a lot of interesting things in that storylines for that game. We got the Commanders and the Giants. The Titans versus the Eagles, another interesting game to talk about. And the Denver Broncos against the Baltimore Ravens. So let's go ahead and get into our obvious starters for these four matches. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Jalen Hurts is my QB, too. Shocker. I know. Total, totally didn't see that coming against the Tennessee Titans. I don't think we really need to talk about that one too much. Here's what he's still an obvious starter. But what's going on with Saquon Barkley? He comes to my RB7. That's actually the lowest I've had him ranked since to be uh, probably since week one, honestly, going into the season. He's been struggling. The offensive lines have banged up. On top of it, the Washington Commanders, they've been playing a lot better defense as of late and are getting healthier. He's still an RB1. You're still definitely starting him, but are you a little bit concerned about his upside moving forward? Maybe not just this week. Or are you a little bit concerned about the fantasy playoffs? I don't know, a little bit, but I mean, at the same time, I'm not too worried because it is Saquon Barkley. We've seen a really great season from him so far, and he did have 15 fantasy points against Dallas last week, and Dallas is a pretty good team, and they're better than the Commanders, so this matchup on paper should be better for Barkley, and he should have a better game than he did last week. Hopefully, he gets around 16, 17 points, but I don't think I'm too concerned about him going forward because I think he can rebound pretty well. Yeah, the big thing for him is going to be, is anybody on the offensive line healthy? Because four or five starters were out last week. So that that has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, Derrick Henry, he's my RB4. And uh, the Eagles, last time I checked, even though they activated Jordan Davis's 21-day window, we're not really anticipating he's going to be back as soon as this week. So as long as he's out, you can still run up the middle on the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Obviously, you're starting Justin Jefferson, who's been a man possessed over the past couple of weeks and seems like a Cooper Cup out of the way. He wants to reclaim that number one wide receiver spot. But the guy I want to talk about is A.J. Brown. Now, I don't always buy into the revenge game narrative, but there's ever ones you buy into. It would be A.J. Brown going up against his former team, the Tennessee Titans, this week. Are you buying in as far as, you know, I have a top five. What do you think? Because he hasn't been that over the past few weeks. Yeah, I don't think I agree with necessarily the top five. I definitely think maybe like top 10 or so. Like that's better for him. For my personal standings, I think it would be great to see him have a revenge game. I feel like he's kind of due for it. He's been pretty average throughout the season. So I think this should be a really good breakout game, hopefully for him. But I'm not expecting the most. I'm expecting kind of a average score for him around 13, 14 fantasy points. Okay. Okay. It's been disappointing because I thought without Dallas Goddard there, the target consolidation would really center in on Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. Not that it hasn't, but what's, what's really happened is that the Eagles have gone more run first since that has happened. But there's also something else going on too. We saw AJ Brown that very first game without Dallas Goddard roll his ankle. Didn't want it really. He was out there in the field, but didn't really look like himself or do much the entire game. And was kind of on the injury report throughout the week, the following week. And then this past week, while he did score a touchdown, he was sick. I don't know. I think he's had this game circled for a while. And since the Titans have lost Caleb Farley, 
even though they were making improvements in the secondary, they were starting to play better over the last month of the season. I think they're back to being very, very vulnerable. I think AJ Brown goes off in a big, big way this week. Uh, we got TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews coming in as our obvious starters at tight ends. Any comments you want to add in there with those two? No, I don't think so. If you have them play them, they're definitely better than a lot of other tight end options. Yeah, 100%. I mean, with TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> him getting traded to Minnesota Vikings is the best thing that ever happened because his tar- he's been the number one targeted <laughs> tight end. Even He's been targeted more than Travis Kelsey has since becoming a Minnesota Viking. That's how insane his volume has gone up. So, yeah, if you had TJ Hawkinson, your butt was saved by the trade day- deadline <laughs> move. Let's go into our lock them ins. Lock them in. It's a lock. How many quarterbacks in lock them in for these matchups? But I do have a couple of running backs, but maybe not as high as they normally would be. Devil Cook, I'm locking him in, of course, but not as an RB1, not as a top 12 play. I got an RB15 this week. Now, this is not just in reflection or reaction of last week when he had a disappointing game against New England Patriots. No, 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 no. This is a guy just it's not consistently getting the volume that we're looking for, especially not in the passing game. Remember going into the season, Kevin O'Connell, oh, Dalvin Cook's finally going to get targeted the ball and get less carries. Eh. It looks like exactly the same as it has been in years past, but the offense at the same time is not centered around Dalvin Cook as much anymore. So the 20 carries plus a week, that's not guaranteed, and he's not getting targeted as much anymore. So it kind of just leaves him in this space of – you look at Dalvin Cook's name, you look at him in your lineup, and you think to yourself, you're supposed to be my RB1, you're supposed to be my top five guy, and I want you to be, but that's really not what he is. He's more of a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. Yeah, it's been kind of a disappointing awakening that we've all kind of had to have and readjust our minds with for Dalvin Cook this season. I honestly don't really know what's happening there. I feel like he just should be a really great running back, and they have the potential to just have such a great, perfect offense all around and him being a part of it and having a mass amount of carries should definitely be a thing. But I, you have him on your team. You're going to play him. He will have usually pretty average points. He's supposed to get around 16 fantasy points this week, which is pretty good for him. I don't necessarily know if he'll reach that, but you never know with him. I have him. You're starting him and just hoping for the best. No, no doubt about it. The other guy I have, I'm locking him as a top 20 running back, but also don't feel as great about it is Miles Sanders. I know he's coming off a huge performance against the Green Bay Packers. No doubt about it. But we've seen big performances out of Miles Sanders. And what happens the following week? Oh, well, I'll take you back. He went off against Jacksonville and followed up with Arizona with a six-point performance. Why? Because all of a sudden, Kenneth Gainwell has to get involved. All of a sudden, Boston Scott has to get involved. And the Eagles decide to throw the ball a ton. And this has been a consistent pattern throughout the season. Miles Sanders might have a big game here or there, but it's always followed up with a dud performance because they just don't consistently stay with him. And I don't have a reason for that. They just, they just don't. Plain and simple. So, yes, am I playing Miles Sanders? Of course I am. But I don't have as high expectations heading into this week. Yeah, for sure. My expectations for him are definitely lower than I would like them to be. We've seen the potential, and he even got 31 points against Green Bay last week, which is great. And I feel like if he's getting that amount of points, then he should be used in that role every single week because we know what kind of an asset he is. But like we've seen in past years and past statistics, that it might not go as well. I think he 
could have a pretty average game, though, hopefully, and get around 13, 14 points, but we'll have to see. Yeah, agreed. You know who else want to lock in here? I want to lock in Garrett Wilson. Now, I don't want to talk too much about Mike White because I have, I want to save some of it for the next segment, but having Mike White, which is an improvement at quarterback, by the way, we'll get into more of that in a minute, against the Minnesota Vikings, who got even worse in the secondary because now they lose Andrew Booth, so now they're even more susceptible to wide receiver scoring. And Garrett Wilson, as long as he's gotten nine-plus targets in the game, he's finished as a wide receiver 17 or better every single one of those weeks. This is what he is if he's actually in the volume. And I think with Mike White at the starting quarterback position in this match against the Minnesota Vikings, the volume should be there. So guess what? Fire him up this particular week. And you know, last week was the first time when all three receivers, so Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are both on the field. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. It was the first time this season that Garrett Wilson played more snaps and ran more routes than both those guys. It's usually been Corey Davis who's gotten that. Now, this this past week, it was Garrett Wilson, and he's the more productive wide receiver. Yeah, I think this could be a new awakening for the Jets with realizing how good Wilson is and what kind of playmaker he is. I feel like he could easily be the wide receiver one in New York. I don't necessarily know that that will happen anytime soon, but it, based off of his, oh man, based off his his athleticism and based off of what potential he has, he should be the running run, uh, wide receiver one for them. So hopefully he has a game like he did last week. He had twenty six points against Chicago. It should be really good with him getting a new, continuing the new quarterback system. So hopefully that works out in his favor. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you can go back to the summertime. I talked about Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and who I thought would be the better fantasy football player their rookie season and in in dynasty purposes. And my answer to both was Chris Olave, not because I didn't like Garrett Wilson. I definitely did. But the volume being the issue for me overall when it came to a Garrett Wilson. Lodge Moore is a very good wide receiver. I also don't trust the Jets offensive play calling to consistently feature one guy all the time. But the other problem, too, and this one I have to take an L on, Zach Wilson just he ain't the guy. He if you don't tell don't talk don't talk to me about a reset. If you gotta bench your rookie quarterback or bench your young quarterback who's been trying to develop because he's just too over his head, that's your answer right there. <laughs> like there's there's no way you go back to him now at this point. And we'll we'll go into more of that in, in just a second. But I do want to talk about Terry McLaurin. I'm locking him in as a top 24 wide receiver this week. 
He just has a very safe floor now with Taylor Heineke taking over as quarterback. More importantly, it's not so much Heineke at the quarterback position. It's the fact that the commanders have gone to, we feature Terry McLaurin now. He doesn't just line up on one side of the field and run straight. We don't, we don't do that anymore. We actually allow him to line up on the inside. He might even line up to the right. He might line up to the left once in a while. And just that little bit of movement and not featuring Curtis Samuel for some stupid reason has allowed Terry McLaurin to be the guy. And if he ever actually does get a great quarterback, We'll see him be a top 12 wide receiver. I don't know if that's ever going to happen because I don't trust the commanders ever do that. But at least as long as he's getting featured, I'm locking him as a top two guy. What do you think? Yeah, easily. And against Atlanta, it should be a no-brainer. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get into look out for because I've been teasing it uh, quite a bit over the past uh, couple statements here. Look out for... The headline is Mike White is my top 12 quarterback for me this week. I Danielle, I picked him up last or no, it was I was waiting for to see if Justin Fields was going to play. And I wanted to pick him up. But I thought to myself like, no, no, like it's too risky. Like I don't think Mike White's really a franchise quarterback. And I want to talk myself into picking up the only other option that was available in that particular league, which was Ryan Tannehill. And I wanted to <sighs> smack myself as soon as the one o'clock games were over. Like, why? Why did you do that? Why? I'm not going to do it this week. I learned my mistake. Okay. Mike White against Minnesota Vikings. Does he light it up? Does he have great arm talent? No, not at all. What does he do? He does the simple things. If his number one reads not open, he checks the ball down and he allows his playmakers, which the Jets actually do have a quite a bit of, to make plays once the ball is in their hands. Stop trying to do it for them. Stop trying to make everything perfect. Do the simple things well. That's what Zach Wilson doesn't do. And Mike White just doing the simple things well with the Jets defense coming up and playing better. And they actually have a lot of young talent around him can make this offense look really good. There's a sneaky chance here. This game winds up being a little bit of a shootout, especially with it being in Minnesota with their defense all banged up. Mike White, top 12 guy for me. When he has started, I think it's five games total now, six games total now, he has finished as a top 10 quarterback four of those six times. I I have hope for him. I really do. And based off of what we saw last week, he has a lot of potential to do well for the rest of the season. But I am a little bit concerned about the matchup. Like you said, just do the simple things, and I hope he will. But it's really, sometimes really hard to get it done against such a good team as a backup quarterback. I hope that he can continue the game that he had last, like last game because it was great and it was phenomenal. And all the Jets fans that I know were freaking out. But also, I am a little bit cautionary because we've seen this kind of thing happen before where a backup quarterback comes in, has an incredible game, and the next game is just not so good and everybody gets super let down. So I'm just, I'm cautiously hopeful for this week. I would definitely, between Mike White and Ryan Tannehill, White is the clear answer, but I'm cautiously hopeful about it. Well, we'll have to see. The Minnesota Vikings have been a good defense for quarterbacks to run fantasy points up on so far this season. We'll have to see how this thing plays out. Speaking of the Vikings, Cousins does come into my QB 10. The Jets defense has been very good. 
So there might be a little bit of a low floor here, but Kirk Cousins, he's just, he's your whole hum, low end QB one, plain and simple. It doesn't really matter who they're playing. And as long as they're at home at one o'clock, he always has a chance to finish as a top 10 guy. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson, though, who apparently I'm going to have to put in the same category as Kirk Cousins pretty soon as a whole hum, low end QB one, I guess. Because of for me at QB eight, and we, we, you know, it's the same thing. He runs. He gets the job done. He's been a QB8 since week six, and it's not always pretty, but he usually, will speaking, will finish inside the top 12. I, I guess that's the good news. He's not dudding it out for you. He's not the reason you're necessarily losing, but he sure as hell ain't the reason you're winning, and that's what you drafted and wanted Lamar Jackson to be. But it's not going to get any better. Rashad Bateman's kind of coming back this season. He's going to have to deal with Demarcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay being his top options. And until he starts getting back in rhythm with Mark Andrews in the red zone, I don't know how this gets better. What do you think? Yeah, I'm at the same stage. I really just don't know what the answer is for him. Obviously, if you drafted him, you expected him to be the light-up quarterback that he can be because we've seen him just absolutely go nuts in fantasy seasons. And I expected that same thing for him this year. He did have 23 points last week against Jacksonville, which is a plus for him. But like you said, until he starts making the connection with Mark Andrews again, I don't see a lot of hope for him going forward. Tend to agree. Let's move it to our running backs that we're trying to look out for this week. Zonovan, not Donovan, but Zonovan. I want to know who came up with that reasoning there. Knight, Zonovan Knight, by the way, is who I'm talking about. I got him as an RB31. I'm not expecting, I'm already ranking this as if Michael Carter is going to miss one week. That, that's my expectation heading into this game. So if he's going to be out, I suspect James Robinson would at least be activated for this game, even though he was a healthy scratch last week. We know Ty Johnson most likely will man the pass-catching role. So the question on everyone's mind, will it be Zonovan Knight or will it be James Robinson to take on that early down role? What do you think, Danielle? I am leaning towards Robinson just because we know Robinson's floor as well as his ceiling. So I feel like it's a pretty healthy balance there and we know what he can do. Knight, on the other hand, we don't have as good of a read from and we just know that Robinson is a little bit more reliable. So personally, I would rather start Robinson overnight, but obviously anything can happen. So going into last week, when the, when they came out with the news that James Robinson was going to be a, a, a surprise healthy and active, of course I was shocked. My thought process was, well, maybe they're bringing in Zonovan Knight to play special teams because James Robinson doesn't play special teams, and maybe that was their thinking. But clearly, while he did play some special teams, the main thinking was, I think they're out on whatever Robinson's is not giving them in practice and not giving them on the field. Because Knight came in right away before the injury happened to Michael Carter was playing the James Robinson role. He was playing early downs. He was splitting the snaps with Michael Carter. Clearly, they went into that week with the idea that he would play that role, not just in there to play special teams. That leads me to believe that Zonovan Knight will get to lead the way this week. But, and here's the caveat, I do think James Robinson will be involved to some degree, along with Ty Johnson. So even Michael Carter's out this week, I think this could turn to a three-man committee Makes it hard to trust any one thing, but I am going to rank Zonovan Knight as the highest Jets running back and a guy that you can contemplate in your flex if you're in that situation. That's what breaking down my mindset anyway. 
Uh, talk about running back committees. Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. So, yeah, Brian Robinson did something he hasn't done all year, which is catch a passing touchdown. I, I should have known. He was playing against me in a very pivotal league, and, uh, of course, he's going to catch his first you know NFL touchdown against me. Of, of course, that was going to happen. Yeah. So everyone wants to know, okay, well, what's going on? Because it looked like Antonio Gibson was trending towards taking over this backfield, or at least leading the way. And with Brian Robinson being mixed in, and then all of a sudden that last week it bounced way back in Brian Robinson's favor. It's a hot hand approach. That's what's going on. More times than not, Brian Robinson, who's not an efficient runner, never was, is going to be the guy who, yes, he's going to handle early down work. He's rarely going to catch the ball. That's not his role. That isn't Tony Gibson's role. So anytime the Washington Commanders are in a negative to tight game script, especially heading towards the end of the game, it's going to be Antonio Gibson. That's what's going to be in those situations. And he's still going to be in the realm of a 50-50-ish split with Brian Robinson because most times he's going to be the more efficient running back. So I'm still ranking Antonio Gibson as an RB24 this week, but I have Brian Robinson RB30. You can utilize him. That's just not the direction. I'm not going to put Robinson over Antonio Gibson. But what do you think? Which one do you have ahead of the other? Yeah, I feel like Gibson's just a little bit higher than Robinson. Obviously, it didn't seem like that last week. But I feel like we all know of them as a kind of a duo, back and forth duo. So they can easily go back and forth on which one has a high week, which one has a lower week. It, that just seems to be their method. And I'm okay with that. If you're a Washington fan, you're okay with that. If you're a fantasy fan, though, not okay with that because it makes it very hard to predict on which one's going to have a great week and which one's not going to have a good week at all. So it is a little bit harder to choose, but I definitely agree with you on Gibson. Look out for Latavius Murray. I do have him as an RB23. Now there is a chance that Mike Boone's able to return this week, as we talked about earlier on the show. But as Brian Scott pointed out, it is on the earlier end of his high ankle sprain. So even if he does return, he may not be 100%. And look, you can say what you want about the Denver Broncos. Now they finally have one running back they're giving the ball to. I still think he's a top 24 guy. Well, he didn't score last week. He was actually pretty good. 13 of 96, tacked on a few catches, got to 100 yards from scrimmage. I think you can actually trust the play that TV Murray is as scary as it is for me to say that. Dude. Danielle, you with me? Yes, if that is the That was a perfect available. high pitch yes right there. By yeah. the way. That was, that was a perfect. You nailed it. That's kind of exactly where I feel for him. It's just kind of the, like, yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, I feel like it really depends on your team, but easily could be a fill-in flex player if need be. Yeah, and then Gus Edwards, he's an RB36 for me. He's always going to be in that RB3 category. He's a touchdown or bust player. Daniel, you like this guy that I wanted to highlight. Uh, you're a big fan of Adam Thielen, and uh, for the first time all year, he got double-digit targets last week. He actually found the end zone. Still hasn't got over 72 yards receiving yet this season. For me, he still comes in at wide receiver 37 because it's just as likely, and the tough match against the Jets, who have good corners on the perimeter, that he goes back to what we've been seeing, which is a 6-4-60 guy with no scores. Yeah, um, it was great that he had a great week last week because I've had him on my fantasy team and I can't drop him because I don't want to drop Adam Thielen from my team because I just know he'd do great for the rest of the season if he was not on my team. So I was kind of forced to stay with him this entire year. So it kind of paid off. <laughs> 21 points versus New England. 
I was not happy as a New England fan, but as a fantasy fan, I was perfectly okay with it. Uh, I don't think that continues, though. And as much as I'd like for it to, I think that was pretty much his potential for the season that he showed right there. And I don't necessarily see that happening every week by any means. Yeah, I, I tend I tend to be right there with you. Uh, Darius Slayton does come in for me at wide receiver 36. Somebody in the Giants has to do something, so that's why he's kind of in that territory. But I'm more interested to talk about Traylon Burks. Now, I do have it at wide receiver 28. Eagles are a bitch for wide receivers. I mean, just plain and simple. There's, there's no other way around it. There's no other analysis for it. That is the word. They are a bitch for wide receivers. I can't put it in any other terms, unfortunately. Uh the only silver line I can give you guys is that Charlie Gardner Johnson's going to be out for this game. So if Traylon Burks plays the role in which he's been doing, which is kind of that AJ inside and out role, he might be able to take advantage of certain situations when that comes up. But more so, I want to talk about Traylon Burks for the rest of the season. I think this guy is really starting to emerge. I was a big fan of his, and I really think he could be a top 20 wide receiver after from week 14 to week 17. That's where I'm at with Traylon Burks. What, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with you. He did have a good game, had 17 points against Cincy, which is pretty good. I feel like he's just kind of straight down the line, average wide receiver, can get you those fill-in points when needed, but definitely not your wide receiver one by any means. Great flex pair or wide receiver two, though, however. Yeah, tend to agree. Devonta Smith comes in at wide receiver 31 for me this week. Uh, just the volume is enough there for him to be considered a wide receiver three, but dealing with a little bit of a groin issue. And again, I think this game is going to be all about A.J. Brown. Has it, Devonta Smith, just, he hasn't really been what we saw early in the season. We started to get real excited, like, oh, maybe this might be a 1A, 1B situation. But he hasn't really been that productive since that, standpoint uh, with I believe it's week six or seven I believe it was when we, last week we really saw him go off and then outside of that we had Cortland Sutton we talk about other guys that I have in my wide receiver 30-ish territory I got my wide receiver 29 who I'm just not excited by but again when you're talking about wide receivers getting eight to 11 targets and they have touchdown capabilities it's kind of what you have to look for. You kind of you can't ignore those guys. As much as I want to ignore the Denver Broncos altogether, if Jerry Judy continues to not play I still have to have Cortland Sutton there, but uh, and what do you think? Maybe maybe you can find a reason to not have him there. I don't know. Mm, <laughs> I, I'm pretty much on the same line there. I feel like, obviously, Sutton, Sutton has a lot of potential, but he is always going to be just in the shadows over there in the Broncos. So I, if you have him, put him in because he He's a pretty average wide receiver. He had 13 points last week, which is pretty good. So if you have him, play him. <laughs> I'll give you a guy I'm looking out for that I am excited by, though. Tyler Conklin, back on my tight end streaming territory, coming as a top 10 tight end for me this week. The Minnesota Vikings are the give up the fourth most points to the tight end position. So already coming in, great matchup right off the top. I know last week he only had three targets which is not any more than he had was getting with Zach Wilson. I get that. And CJ Usama is, is still a thing for sure. But he played more down the seam. Mike White looked for him. That's why he had the three catches for 51 yards. What did I just say early in the show? Mike White does the simple things. One of the simple things this week gives Minnesota Vikings is going to be getting Tyler Conklin the ball. So where are you at? Do you think Tyler Conklin is a top 12 guy this week or no? 
This week, yes, and purely just because I don't think anybody else is, and he is probably one of the more competent tight ends out there to play. (laughs) Yes, so, um, yeah, that's all I can really say about that one. Yeah, it works for me. Let's go to be cautious of. Be cautious of. Uh, Dale Jones is not going to run the commanders. And if Dale Jones doesn't run, Dale Jones is not good. So I'm going to not play him. Do you have any confidence in him this week? No. <laughs> okay. That, that sums it up. Tannehill, you are dead to me forever. I already talked about why earlier in the show. Uh, James Robinson, even if, whether you think Danielle is right or I'm right when it comes to Zonovan Knight, James Robinson, the point is this. It'll be a three-man committee, and Robinson really has not been able to get over four yards of carry since the first two weeks of the season. So guess what? Not playing James Robinson there either. Danielle, what do you think about Elijah Moore? He only had two targets last week. Played half the amount of snaps to Corey Davis, half the amount of snaps to Garrett Wilson. But with Elijah Moore, we know the talent's there. He made a big play. Is there any chance he gets this thing turned around? We're we're more positive on the Jets now. What's what's with him? I don't really have a lot of hope for him. I feel like it's kind of a a 50-50 shot if he does well each week. So I'm kind of on the fence as to where I stand with him but at this point if you've been hanging on to him long enough and we've seen what he can do he has a lot of potential and so if you've been hanging on to him this entire time you kind of just gotta stick with him and ride the wave at this point I'm not playing Curtis Samuel he's no longer featured in the slot position anymore and then you get to Demarcus Robinson Devin Duvernay look one of these receivers might do well the problem is which one and when and you have games like last week where both are just left out completely because the Ravens' pass attack goes right into the gutter. It's too much volatility for guys that aren't that good. So I'm not going to play either one of these wide receivers either. And then Greg Dolchich. I did finally find a Denver Bronco who I'm not going to get suckered into. It's Russell Wilson, and it's Greg Dolchich. Not playing either one of these guys. I was on the Dolchich train. I still like his talent. But the fact is the fact, if Russell Wilson continue to throw the ball 25 times when they're trailing. There's not enough volume. There's just not enough volume for me. Maybe he scores. Maybe he falls in the end zone. I'm taking my chances somewhere else. Uh, we had enough questions today, so I don't think we really need to hit the mailbag. So you know what? We're going to close down the show right there. Danielle, where can people follow you at? Where do you want them to check you out? What are the things you got going on this week? You can follow me at Danielle Dubois at Twitter and on Instagram at Danielle underscore dub. And if you really want to see more of my face giving kind of really good or really bad analysis and predictions, <laughs> you can tune into EIV's The Box Score tomorrow night live at 8 p.m. Yeah, definitely check that out. And Danielle, you you never give bad analysis. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Give, your, give yourself credit for that. You're I don't know. Never I said Hines was going to be the number one running back in the Bills, so that was kind of a bust. Yeah, but you said it so sweetly and so smartly. You even even had me thinking about it twice. You know, so it's okay. So it's never bad. It's never bad. Even the, as long as the process is good. Exactly. If the process is always good. It's never bad. So make sure you check her out. Come back tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll have the clairvoyant Thursday, the second half fantasy football week 13 preview for you guys, and with some updates going on. They're in a Thursday night game. And, of course, we'll be back with our Cashing Friday show, our DFS contests. We have the Wheel of Names this week. We're giving out that Bill Bates jersey for the November giveaway. So make sure you check that out. And kicking off the December 
took contest with the John Randall NFL top 100 Jersey signing. So make sure you check us out there. Chaz Fuller will be on the second half of the show to talk about our lock bets of the week. So we can cash some tickets and win some money. Follow us on social media at Billy MDFF show, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download us on your favorite podcast app. And until tomorrow night, we'll see you guys. Take care. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.